Quick note before the episode begins. On this new series of the Arzekwi podcast, we are going to be passing the mic over to some of our colleagues from our department so that they can share with you the interesting EU projects that we work on. But don't worry, Tima and I are not going away. We'll be back soon. Enjoy this episode. Welcome to Ask Equi, the podcast on all things law and technology. I'm Marie-Catherine. And I'm Mariana. And welcome to another episode on the Pass the Mic series, where we discuss the EU-funded project Privacy for Kids. So welcome, and yeah, from our side, thank you, Tim and Paul, for passing the mic this time, and um, yeah, having this lot to talk about Privacy for Kids. Um, perhaps just a brief information about myself, perhaps you already have heard uh, about it in the past um, episode on Boston Mike on BBC, but just in case, I'm a research associate at the um, ID department in, and started working in 2018. I work already in several projects mainly related to health, and this is actually the second time that we're working together, Maria Catherine. Right. Uh, so perhaps you want to, to tell a little bit about yourself. Yes, so I'm also a research associate, as you know, at the department. <laughs> I started to work here a couple of months before you in 2018. Mm -hmm. I'm also mainly involved in projects related to health, like similar project as you're working on. Two of the projects I'm currently working on, I will present with my colleagues later on in the series. Um, so stay tuned. Mm -hmm. uh, but now let's focus on today's topic, uh, privacy for kids. Sure. In this project, we work together with the European Data Protection Authority um, on an EU-funded project called Privacy for Kids. So the main goal of the project is to explain privacy issues um, in short videos to children in the age between 6 and 14. Yeah, um, perhaps it's important to know that it's, this is a quite different project from what we are used to uh, to do and actually also that you know, the audience have heard from from here the the past mic episodes so this is the first time that we're dealing with such a project is it that's it right? true um this project is a bit different from the other project um you have heard so far in this podcast series we have normally a lot of partners working together here we only have two partners in this project the austrian data protection authority and our department so as you might have noticed, we have often taken the role um, of legal consultants in our project. But in this particular project, our main field of expertise is teaching. Mm -hmm. So this is why we are in charge of setting up um, a course, um, which will take place this coming fall um, at the University of Vienna. Yeah, a little bit of advertising here. Yeah, <laughs> of course. Um, but before coming to the details of the course, we would like to talk about why we are working on this particular project and why this topic is so important yeah. to us as well. My interest and passion in data protection uh, dates already many years now, and I started to grow the interest in, in the protection of privacy and also so data protection with a special focus on children um, since this become relevant at a personal level. Um, here, from the very beginning, I start to thinking uh, to think um, whether I should share the, my ultrasound image with all the personal data that it contains uh, through social media, and um, or or even sharing the the name or even this tag when my baby was born that contains a lot of personal media through uh, personal information. Sorry, through social media. 
And um, and I also I started to think this this is actually really difficult. <laughs> have you <laughs> done it? Do. <laughs> have, have you done it? No, no, I haven't. <laughs> um, but it actually was really difficult because I, I I actually faced a lot of social first social pressure. I have to be honest on a personal level, and second, um, I if I'm also being honest. Um, I, I lack awareness. I lack um, the, the, let's say, the information on how actually to to modify my privacy settings in the specific social media accounts, or if this actually. And I, at this point, I started actually to look into the the data protection and private and privacy policies from a child per- perspective and what I should do as a parent to protect my child's data. So I think this is, um, this of course, this is on a personal level again. And also I realized that I had actually, I, I will start creating and forming the, the digital persona of my baby since already the year, the, the start. So that's why I think I, I find this project so interesting. Um, this is starting to, just to, to raise awareness, not only to both children and parents, and uh, how, of course, we can bring this information in a really easy and concise way. Uh, we're going to talk this later, I think in, yes. you are going to say something about this. Um, but... Yeah, uh, I, I, I realized that this easy way and concise way um, of, of learning um, in a world where there's a lot of floods, sorry, of information uh, is quite important. So enough about me. <laughs> uh, why, why is this project interesting for you? Well, I think we can say it's not a coincidence that exactly the two of us are working on this project. Um, I'm in a similar position as you are. So um, last year, my first daughter was born as well. And I asked uh, um, more or less the same questions as you did. But generally um, speaking, data protection and everything related to digital law has been my uh, particular field of interest for a long time already. But the specific interest into children came into play with more and more with my daughter. So now she's just more a little bit more than a year old and she knows exactly how to start the camera on my phone and take pictures. Um, so they're like, of course, not all her actions are really um, intended. But nonetheless, it showed me that we as parents have to start our, our educational work in this field already, already very early, so even before a child can read. So that is why this, this project is particularly interesting for me, because we are aiming in addressing children in a way that they can understand complex issues in a form which is easily digestible, mm-hmm. um, already at a very, very young age, and where they a lot of children cannot even read. So I think that's my, um, that, that um, is something that really interests me. It's my particular field of interest. Sure. Um, this, I think, is like not only educating children, but educating first ourselves on how to educate on these topics. <laughs> um, yeah, actually, um, I, I, we were also thinking why this topic is so important and just to bring a little bit of I think of facts uh, here uh, in this well today we are sitting at table so in this table um, 
we were like, uh, I, I, we were thinking that, of course, a child's identity commenced before actually being here and in this world, before birth. Mm-hmm. And so you already mentioned with just the, the ultrasound images and we already as parents start sharing that if uh, we start. <laughs> and of course, this children's digital identity and the digital footprint actually continues um, uh, to form through the whole, let's say, life of the child. But, and specifically the ones that are forming that is first, of course, family and, and even friends. So um, I was actually very shocked when I read that more than 80% of children living in developed Western countries have a digital footprint before the year, they are two years old. And um, actually, this the children, of course, participate online in multiple ways and at really early ages. And I was also jo- shocked um, uh, when I read the, um, the annual report of the Special Rapporteur on Privacy. This is a report um, that was issued this year on artificial intelligence and privacy and children's privacy, where it states that children's social media use undergoes a step change between the ages of 9 to 10 and 11 to 12, doubling from 34% to 69% the use of social media. So... That that's for me was like when when you see these kind of numbers, you, you see why why the topic actually is that important. Although of course we have to say that this is not completely new. Um, there was, uh, for example, in 2014, it was the 25th anniversary of the United Conventions, uh, the United Nations Convention on the Rights of the Child. And uh, also, coincidentally, uh, the 25th anniversary of the creation of the World Wide Web. And there, in this opportunity, um, the, the report stated, um, in, in the context sorry, of this celebration, the report stated that um, the interest on children's rights are becoming, of course, more important. And uh, here, the, the, the um, children's uh, committee representative stated that the internet is per se not good or bad, but it's actually how you use it. And um, I, I also got to know that actually this interest on the children's use of, of internet, social media here, I think we are inequalities or um, using the terms, uh, these, these terms. <laughs> but um, it's quite, let's say, um, so, so I would say shocking, but I didn't want to say this word. Uh, and uh, just saying that actually this interest is starting to be crystallized around the world. And, but of course, the implementation on the protection of the rights of the child is not completely fulfilled. We know this. So um, just, just one color note, um, perhaps... It's interesting to say that there is already a dichotomy uh, also in children's too. This is also proven by certain studies where they, they use the internet, of course, as an ongoing report on all the things that are happening in their lives, even to create their own digital persona, their own, let's say, personality per se. But on the other hand, um, it's also um, proven that they are concerned about what information um, is, is being on the internet about themselves and what the threats could be. Um, so this is something that perhaps, yeah, it's interesting to, to go through.
a little bit in deep. Yeah, right. Um, but I think we can agree that children are particularly vulnerable to attacks such as internet fraud um, because they don't know what mm -hmm. they're consenting to, like would clicking on such boxes or um, where to give their data. So they, criminals may abuse their trust. So children tend to give their trust and their personal data away too easily because they don't know they want to use it now. And so it asks for uh, for the personal data and they're just entering it, not thinking about the consequences this might have and that it's out there somewhere yeah. in the, on the Internet. So this is why there are stronger legal safeguards in place under European data protection framework to protect children's personal data. At least it tries. Um, for example, consent giving by children is invalid until the age of 16 or um, an age pursuant to the member state law, unless it's authorized by a legal representative or such a parent. So furthermore, children may not be subject to automatic decisions. So there are uh, several safeguards mm -hmm. where um, to protect children's privacy. So it's not everything, not everything is possible for children on the internet and to give um, their data away. Um, away is probably the wrong word, but maybe it's going <laughs> out there and they're giving it to somebody and somebody might abuse it. So yeah. it might be away. So since the GDPR took effect, there has been a boost of information materials concerning data protection and other privacy-related issues. We are flooded by information. Yeah. Um, but even more than three years after that the GDPR is in force, there are little information on protection on children's rights in the internet. So even um, internet sites targeting children They provide little information um, um, on the information that they, uh, how they use the, the personal data. So there are the same privacy policies for everyone. And it might be that the children, child cannot really read it. And to be honest, uh, most adults cannot read it. So there are little information um, on, on, in an entertaining manner attracting the attention of a child and encourage them to actually read or watch something. So, and the GDPR clearly states in its article 12 that the controller shall take appropriate measures to provide any information related to processing to the data subject in a concise, transparent, intelligible, and easily understand accessible form using clear and plain language in particular for any information addressed specifically to a child. And I think this is not really happening yeah, at the moment. Exactly, yeah. Well, I actually, I mean, in this, I mean, we also not, I mean, must not forget, I mean, we were, you were talking about, let's say, the regional um, protection in terms of Europe, but uh, we must not uh, forget that at the international level, there's always also a protection, as I already mentioned, the United Nations Convention on the Rights of the Child, where it specifically protects the right to privacy and the right to data protection. So, True, Mariana. There are so many legal and ethical aspects coming with this podcast. So I think we could set up a, our own podcast here related to this topic. But for now, let's change subject and talk about the practical part of the project. So, um, the, as we already mentioned, the department will offer a privacy course. 
this class deals particularly with privacy and data protection topics um, with a focus on children. So students will acquire skills that can also be used in many other areas, such as legal research, technical skills. And um, I think I already mentioned it, that the course will be offered at University of Vienna in the upcoming winter semester. And um, it is carried out fully online on a Moodle campus, um, probably to be most um, corona confirm as possible. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um, so, so basically what, what we expect or actually what the, the, the students can expect from the outcome of the course is actually is the, the production of these easy to understand videos for the target groups, as you already mentioned, um, of 6 to 10 years old and 11 to 14 years old. Um, and of course, by which uh, these uh, children and parents are sensitized about the threats and, and uh, minors are exposed to on the internet and how uh, they can protect actually their privacy as, as best as possible and perhaps how to, uh, to counter or avoid fraud on the internet and manipulation in social networks. All of these topics are, I think, going to, to be um, chosen by, by the specific groups and, and then students can both do research and then, of course, start with, with the production of the videos. So that's a little bit of the methodology that, that we, we selected for, for this specific uh, workshop uh, type of course. So um, do you, perhaps as we were talking a little bit about how, how uh, we, what we expect about st from students, um, do you want to tell us a little bit how, how the course is going to be structured as it's completely, I think, different from any other course? Sure, yes. We um, divided the, the course in three phases. So the first phase is the introduction phase. So here students are provided with introductory documents on rela uh, relevant topics supported by live interviews. We have excellent experts invited and um, from different fields and groups should start uh, doing their research on their own. They get um, materials, but they should do a research um, on their own. But we are um, there to support them on the Moodle campus. And further, they get technical tools um, such as the PUB2VIT, which intends to make it easier to, for students and researchers to plan and structure scientific videos. And in the second phase, um, this is a phase where we have mandatory attendance in a virtual block event, where we complete the scripts together with the students and produce actually the videos. So, um, and to, we the students themselves produce the videos. And in order to, for students who have not a background knowledge in such a thing, um, we provide video production tools um, such as Studly and Toonly, which makes mm -hmm. it easier for students to work with. And the last phase um, is um, about the publishing of the videos and writing a report. So each group has to write a final scientific re report on the development on the content. So how they worked and how they decided which content should be in, in the videos. Sure. Um, so, so perhaps who should participate or who wants to participate is a question here. <laughs> uh, so we welcome students from different faculties of the University of Vienna, uh, from law faculties, ecology, computer science and teacher, uh, teacher's training, 
courses who, of course, are interested uh, in networking aspects of data protection, didactic and media science. And actually, they want to, to put the creativity into a practical project, uh, of course, the creation of these instructional videos. So the project is really interdisciplinary, and this is also, I think, reflecting the learning outcomes, um, right? Yes. So I think it's um, a very important uh, class, um, and it can be relevant for careers, for the, for the students' careers. So yeah. students do not only acquire basic knowledge in data protection and related legal aspects, but they also... Um, get the ability to clearly structure subject-specific issues and complex issues. And they will be able to make complex issues understandable to children. So I think this is really um, an aspect that they cannot learn from another class. So mm -hmm. um, they will further, they will learn how to use various tools for producing and creating videos, as I mentioned it before. Mm -hmm. And they need to organize themselves in, the vir in virtual teams. I think this is in, in nowadays really important and a skill that should be acquired at the university level already. Mm -hmm. And not only once they start to work, because everything due to Corona as well is went online. And I think it's really important to work in, in, in virtual teams not sitting at a table as we do today, but working Which is online. Really strange now. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So I think this is just so not only lawyers or future lawyers can profit from this class. Yeah, exactly. I think this um, interdisciplinary uh, aspect is key and specifically when we talk about teams. And I think also, if I just may add, I think it's a really good starting basis to, to get acquainted with all this knowledge base and technical tools that if you think about um, being a lawyer, you might traditionally not think about to start, I mean, start thinking how a didactic or like a yeah, didactical, let's say, scheme or methodology or even a, a producing a video could look like and how that could affect actually to, to your career goals. So just to conclude, so if you're a student at the University <laughs> of Vienna um, and interested in this topic, I hope we made it interesting for you. So register for our class. We are very, very much looking forward to having you in our class. The registration starts on Monday, the 13th of September. Um, and the last day of possible registration will be the 27th of September. So don't miss out to be an essential part of a EU-funded project. So thank you very much for listening. Thank you, Maria Caterin. Thank you, Paul and Tima. Thank you, audience. Uh, we were really pleased to be here and um, talk about this interesting project. So we will keep you posted on the outcome of the video, hopefully on our website and social media channels. Bye. Bye. Bye.